I'll tell you, I just am so excited that you're here today. I, I think what we're about to talk about, you're going to love. Uh, we got ready to, to get, uh, we sat in the creative team, and I'll tell you more about this in a minute. And we're talking about what should we say on Mother's Day? Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, the, the reason we got into it is some mistakes I've made in the past, which I'll be honest enough to share in a few seconds. But as we, we talked, we started thinking, okay, what do the moms want to hear? And we would think this, the average mom here, we're guessing, wants us to talk about things that would benefit their children and their husbands. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the idea is that, you know what, as you would say, you know, we, we want you guys to have the best life ever. We want you to experience your hopes and dreams. We want you to have a life that has meaning to it. And, and that's what I think, you know, most moms, when they hold that baby in their arms, they're thinking, oh, I want them to go out and, and be everything they can be. But, you know, in the midst of all that, it's not about so much of what you do. It's the desire of what you'd experience, that you would experience love. And uh, we're in a world today where people are struggling to find that and to grasp that. But we want to talk about how that can happen. And we believe in the end, uh, that would probably answer a lot of moms' prayers for their husbands, for their, their children, for their grandchildren, for their great-grandchildren, that they would really be able to find something. A lot of people are looking for love. Father, we pray and ask right now that you would just literally cause us to be more and more aware of how much you love us and how much you care about us and the kind of life you have for us. May we open our eyes and our ears to truth today. And God, I pray that you would help us to see how close it is how incredible it could be if we would just grab hold and live life the way you want us to. May we be willing. In Jesus' name, amen.
Mother's Day. And Mother's Day can be a, one of those moments for pastors where they can um, crash and burn pretty quickly. Uh, I know that. Because uh, when I was first senior pastor at Christ Church of the Valley, I had taken the reins. Uh, we were in the midst of a, a whole series on, on family and marriage and relationships. And when we charted it out, it just seemed like we wanted to talk about marriage and getting ready for it. And then the role of the husband and the role of the wife. Well, it just happened that the role of the wife fell on Mother's Day. And I thought, why break the series? So I got up and preached on wives submit to your husbands. It didn't go good. I got to tell you, that was not the way to begin a ministry. Um, uh, there was another young pastor who found that out. He, was, uh, his, he had just got out of seminary. He was starting in the church. One of his first Sundays would be Mother's Day, which he knew would be packed. And he was supposed to do the scripture reading. And he was supposed to read Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, that says this. For I am mindful... Of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I am sure that is in you as well. That's what he was supposed to read. But what happened is he walked up, he got flustered, he dropped his Bible, he didn't open to the right place. He's flipping to get there. And, and now everyone's looking at him. He's like, where is Timothy? And now he feels, I'm a pastor, I should know where Timothy is. And, and now he sees all these eyes just peering and watching and some little bit of laughter coming. And so he opens and he looks and he just starts reading. And before he could stop himself, he wasn't reading 2 Timothy 1.5. He was reading 1 Timothy 1, 8 and 9 that says, But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and the sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for those who kill their fathers and their mothers. (laughs) Not the best Mother's Day verse ever. But what do moms want? I mean, they want to love their kids. They want their kids to love them. I mean, that's what we all want in life, right? And, and so we desire that. There's a, a, a little town in Germany that was holding a contest. They had a major festival going, and it was a small town. Everybody knew everybody. And the winner of this particular contest would actually get an all-expense-paid trip to New York City. Man, I mean, everybody wanted it, but one of the older men in the town happened to win. And the town was so close that they all gathered together to give him a big going away before he would go spend two weeks in New York City experiencing the sights. And uh, this. he had never been outside of his town, much less into the United States. Well, they're all cheering and getting excited. And then through the crowd was a, a woman named Mrs. Dunn. And Mrs. Dunn got up to him and, and she grabbed his hand and said, I am so excited for you. And he goes, me too. And she goes, but I have a favor to ask. And he looked at her and he said, what is it, Mrs. Dunn? She said, 30 years ago, you remember my son left this village. He said, I do. She goes, well, he went to New York City. And you probably know I've not heard from him since. I don't know if he's alive. I don't know if he's dead. I, I don't know how he's doing. And And if you could, I know New York City's probably pretty big. Could you hunt my son, John, down, John Dunn, and and, and, and help help him just get a hold of me? I don't want to die without knowing how he's done. Well, the man thought, I can't believe it. Over 30 years and not called his mother. I mean, oh, inside he was seething. What kind of a man is this? I mean, how could he not do that? Well, he had determined when he got to New York City, he was going to hunt John Dunn down and find him. And so he's flying into New York City and he realizes, whoa, it's big. Then he drives on it, gets in a taxi and comes into Manhattan. And now it looks bigger. 
And he thought, there is no way I'm going to find John in this town. And so he's walking along. And then all of a sudden, his heart almost stops. He has to catch his breath. He looks at this huge high-rise building. And on it, it says Dunn and Bradstreet. He's like, John's got to be in there. He's made it big. So he walks into this big building, looking how big it is, walks up to the reception desk. He goes, excuse me, do you have a John here? And the receptionist said, um, yeah, not normally for the public. But he goes, well, I know, but, but I would really like, you know, I, if you have a John, I, I just need. And she goes, okay, okay. And, you know, feeling sorry for him. She goes, right down there on the right, there's that door. So he's walking along, you know. And, and just as he gets there, the door opens and a man steps out. And he points at him and he goes, are you done? And the guy's like, yeah. He goes, then call your mother. <laughs> There's about half of you that didn't get it. John is a bathroom. The men's room. Anyway. Okay. All right. After the last service, I had people come in. Can you tell me what that joke meant? And uh, you know what, though? Uh, The Bible uses different ways to portray the love of God to us and the life that God wants to have for us. So it probably would not surprise you that one of the ways God uses a picture of his love for us is the picture of a mother. I mean, when you think about a mother's love and a mother's care and the tenderness of what a mother wants to impart. And while I know there are a a, a minority, a very small minority group of women who have not fulfilled the motherhood role, the vast majority do. They try as hard as they can. They put their children's needs before their own. They would die for their kids. They want the best for their kids. They want them to, to experience life. They want to share life with their kids. No mom really deep down wants to be distant from her children. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 and 8, Paul uses that picture to talk about the love we should have in a church. And he says, but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Did you catch that? We were gentle. We were caring. We were wanting to have that kind of affection, just like a nursing mom does for her kids. Notice the next verse. It says, having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased To impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. He said, I want to know that that we love you and we care for you and we want to interact with you with that kind of affection. And and Paul said that I feel like sometimes like how a mom would feel towards their kids. And that's how a church ought to be. This is kind of almost this incredibly wonderful, healthy, mothering love. Now, what is a mom like? Well, moms tend to hurt more for their kids than they do for themselves. Uh, When their child is sick, you know, the mother, she's there for them. She can't sleep at night. She's touching them, wanting to make sure they're okay, moving in mountains to try to, 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 to help them get healthy again. But yet when a mom gets sick, what does she do? She just toughs that out and keeps going because she wants her kids to be okay. Moms do that. And Paul said, that's the kind of love I want to have for you, that I would put your needs and who you are ahead of me. Uh, how else are moms? Uh, moms not only hurt more than we hurt, uh, moms celebrate maybe more than we do. Uh, it was a few weeks ago. Every now and then I get a pretty long line of people that a woman is in line, makes her way up to me. And she just wants to tell me that her adult son had just got a promotion. Now, I've never met him. I don't know him, but she just couldn't stand not sharing it with everybody she could. And she's telling me how important he is and what he's done. And, and I got to be honest, I ate it up. 
I just loved hearing her, watching, see the, the joy in her eyes, how excited and proud she was. Because it's interesting that it doesn't matter how old you get, your mom still wants the best for you. And Paul says, that's the kind of love we have for you. That's what we desire for you. You see, if you haven't, haven't been aware of it, and I want to make sure everybody here today is, God cares about you like that. Jesus wants you to have the most amazing life ever. We live in a world today where a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are lonely. A lot of people are literally in despair and almost in depression. Where their lives have been filled with such pain, they're not sure how to cope. Or all of a sudden, everything was just knocked out from underneath them. And they step back going, what do I do? And the Lord says, we live in a world where you get ripped off constantly. And in John 10, verse 10, it says, the thief has come to kill and steal and destroy. But I, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. Jesus said, I want you to know you live in a world today where not everybody has your best interest at heart. But I'll tell you this, the Lord says, I do. I not only love you. I not only care about you. I not only want to share life with you. I want you to know me. I want you to know a father's love. But I want you to live a life that is abundant and overflowing. That's what God is saying. So here's the question I want to ask. Are you living it? Do you get up in the morning going, I cannot believe it. Even when things are tough and hard, God is somehow working something great and incredible. And I love every moment of it. You probably know that a lot of people say the shortest verse in all the Bible is in John chapter 11, where Jesus was standing in front of Lazarus's tomb. And it says, Jesus wept. He wept. He cried. Well, that's not the only time he cried. There was a day that he was sitting on a colt, the the foal of a donkey, and he was looking out over the city of Jerusalem. He would be going in pretty soon and they'd be cheering the king, the king, the king has come. Hosanna in the name of the king. But Jesus also knew that that would be just a quick moment of, of cheering. Next, they would be screaming out, crucify, crucify, just a few days later. He knew the great heartache that would come because they wouldn't embrace the Messiah. He knew that they weren't going to get the promised life that he wanted for them. He knew they were going to take themselves out of God's hand of protection. He knew the horrors that awaited. So what did he do? He cried. He sat and cried over the city of Jerusalem. And then he said these words in Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And catch this. But you were unwilling. I, he said, I want so badly to gather you just like a mother hen does her chicks to gather put you close to protect you, to make sure you're not ripped off, that there's nothing stealing from you or killing you or destroying you. I wanted to gather you so close. He said, I wanted you to experience life. I wanted you to experience affection and protection. But why would they not receive it? Don't miss those words. You were unwilling. You were unwilling. So what does God use to try to show us a picture of his love? He has the picture of a mother that, that cradles the chicks. I uh, read uh, a while back about a farmer whose land was caught in the midst of a firestorm. A fire just went through an area of the country and just literally obliterated everything in its path. And uh, he had to evacuate. It was a very quick evacuation. And so what happened is when he finally drove up in his truck and looked, his house wasn't there. It was just rubble and still smoldering. He looked where the barn was. It was gone. His fields were literally nothing but charred, uh, uh, just dirt laying in front of him. 
And then he walked into the barnyard and looked at animal after animal that had been killed in the fire and his heart broke. Laying in the middle of the barnyard was a, a, a hen. And he went over to pick it up and to set it with the rest of the charred animals. But when he lifted it in the air, all these little baby chicks came running out. That mother hen had literally taken those chicks under her wings. She had sat on top of them and protected them from the fire. She gave her life for her children. You know what Jesus is saying? He goes, I'm about to give my life for you, but you're not willing to take it. I'm about to call you to a place of love, but you don't want it. And and that's the great, great heartbreak and tragedy of it all is a God who cares for us that much. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says these words. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens light. The Lord says, why won't you come and get this? Why won't you come get it? And a lot of people say, well, I, I've asked for it, and, and, and they want it, but, but do they really? The words that we just heard in that song by Freddie Mercury, listen to what they say. It says, can anybody find me somebody to love? Each morning I get up, I die a little. I can barely stand on my feet. I take a look in the mirror and I cry. Lord, Lord, what are you doing to me? I've spent all my years in believing you, but I just can't find no relief. Lord, somebody, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Now, now, why did God not answer Freddie Mercury's prayer? Why did he not answer it? Well, here's the, the bottom line. He wasn't willing. He wasn't willing to come to Jesus. He wasn't willing to truly surrender to him. It's not that God didn't want it for him. Jesus did want it for him. God cares about this man. And yet he got to a place where uh, a disease was ravaging his body. Looking in the mirror was a horror. He felt he couldn't stand. And he kept going, God, what's going? I'm not finding what I want. I'm not getting it. And Jesus said, but come and get it. I want you to have it. And, and I want you to know it's there. But there's a reason he didn't get it. In James chapter 4, it says this. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? What is the problem? Why is that what your life is just described by too often? It says this, Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and you do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. But you do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Why is a man singing out, oh, Lord, what are you doing to me? And God is saying, I'm not doing anything to you. If you would just come and let me love you. If you would come and leave behind these things that you're holding on to that are hurting you. But you got to let go of them. You got to let go. Uh, A few years ago, not actually that many years ago, we were doing a college conference in San Diego. And uh, our plan was to have amazing worship and teaching time, which did happen. And then the plan was to just allow the, the college-age students to go and experience whatever they wanted to. They could go to the beach. They go to SeaWorld. They could go to the zoo. You know, whatever they want to do in San Diego is so incredible. Well, what happened? A bunch of the college guys, man, were so on fire for the Lord. They thought, we just want God to use us. And so right when it came time for that free time break, they just prayed and say, God, put someone in our path. Well, they walked out of the hotel. They hadn't gone very many blocks. There was a park with a bunch of homeless people in it. And a group of these college guys walked up to a homeless man and looked at him and they said, are you hungry? And he said, yeah. 
They said, what if we had lunch together? He just thought he was going to get a handout. Well, they went over and bought food and brought it back and sat around a picnic table in this park. And they ate with him and they started to want to hear his story. He was a, a vet who the horrors of war had broken him. And when he came back, he got hooked on drugs. He actually over there got hooked on, on drugs. But now drugs and alcohol dictated his life. He wasn't able to function. He wasn't able to sleep. He just couldn't seem to hold a job. He didn't have anywhere to go. He was so, so disappointed in himself. As a matter of fact, he used the word, I never, ever knew I could be such a failure. Well, in the midst of talking, one of the guys named Todd looked at him and said, how does your mom feel about you? And he said, my mom doesn't know. He goes, when's the last time you talked to your mom? And he said, it's been years. Todd pulled out his cell phone and said, can we call her? The guy said, I don't know. He said, why not? Let's just give it a shot. What if, she, if God wants you to talk to her, she'll be there. Can I call her? And the guy shook his head and said, yeah. And so he dialed the number. It was out of state. And the phone rang and he handed over. And then all of a sudden, the answer, she was there. And in the first time in years, this guy goes, mom, and she just is like beside herself. He starts to cry. She's obviously crying. They can't hear everything that's being said. But the, the, it wasn't a short conversation. He's talking with her. She's asking where he is. She's asking how he is. He's trying to be honest, but not, you know, break her heart anymore. She's saying how badly she wants to see him. He's telling her he wants to see her again one day. And, and they're sharing back and forth. And then he finally, he hangs up and he's now crying and he's telling Todd and the other guys, thank you, thank you. And Todd goes, well, you said you want to see your mom and she wants to see you. And he said, yeah. He goes, well, what if we get you a plane ticket and send you home? He goes, well, I don't know. He goes, what if I call her and ask her if it's okay? And the guy was scared. He said, I don't know. And, and Todd goes, we'll do it. We'll pay your way. And so they, they dialed the number and, and Todd's on the phone. He said, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable situation. But if you want to, we can have your son flown home to you today. She starts crying. She goes, I'll pay for the ticket. He, Todd and goes, no, we'll pay for the ticket. But we want to ask, do you want? And she's crying. Oh, yes, I want him home. I'd do anything to have him home. So they hung up and they said, she wants you. And, and so they went to go to the airport and the airlines were like, I don't know if we want to let him on the plane. So they had to take him and, and get him cleaned up and bring him back. And they went through some hurdles and finally the airline said, yeah. And they put him on a plane. And that night he flew out to be with his mother. Now, here's what I need to tell you. None of us know how the story ends. We haven't heard from him. But, but it could have gone one in two ways. It could have been a dream come true for the mom because she could have embraced him and now he would have a bed to sleep in and food to eat and a chance to restart his life and life could just be incredible for him. I mean, it was a brand new start and a brand new opportunity in his own bed, in his own house, with food, with love, with affection. It was all there waiting for him when he went. And that's how it could have gone. We don't know. By the way, it's how we all hope it went. Or you already know this, it could have gone horrible. Instead of a dream come true, it could have been a nightmare for that mom who now with horror was dealing with the son who doesn't leave the drugs and the drinking behind. See, that's the key. If he was willing to let, get, let go of that, willing to get the help, willing to say no more of letting those things control me, he could live the most incredible life ever. But if he's not willing, if he tried to bring that all into her home, the more likely scenario in that case is she would have to say, no, you can't live here like that. 
Now, you know that that happens both ways. By the way, we have a lot of people in our church who've chosen the, the, the first one. We have a ministry called Celebrate Recovery that's filled with people that have conquered those addictions and are helping each other to continue to live a lifestyle of freedom. And that's possible. And God says, I want this for you. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And by the way, it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. It can just be life. It could just be, man, I'm so tired of trying to make it. I'm so hurt by how people act. I feel so betrayed. I got in this relationship that I thought would be heaven on earth. And I just look sometimes I had to run from it. I had to get away, but that didn't solve anything because now I've realized when I look in the mirror that while I wasn't all of the problem, I was a big part of it. And I don't know how to get away from me. And you know what Jesus looks and says, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Are you willing? And I want you to know that God loves you and cares for you more than you know. The Bible says, are you ready for this? In Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 11, God says, "For you, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. He says, but if you call to me, I will answer you. And if you seek me and find me, you, you, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart, if you come, I'll take you. I love you. Now, you ready for this? The Bible teaches us that God has plans for you, you individually. The Bible tells us that when God thinks about you more than there's sand on the seashore, the Lord says that he's always thinking of you and he's thinking of amazing things he wants you to experience in your life and amazing things for you to do. The Bible teaches us that you have a destiny, but you have a choice whether you want to live out the destined life you have. You can choose to be in the plan. The question is, are we willing? Are we willing to let go? And we got to let go of the things that harm us, that hurt us. That God warns us ahead of time. And the Bible actually calls that sin because you're missing the mark. That's what sin means. You're missing the mark to the most incredible life ever. And God doesn't want it to be a waste. It's that kind of mother's love that comes from God who says to you, as a father, I care about you and love you and want the best for you. And I hurt for you. The Bible says that if you ever shed a tear, that God keeps it in a bottle. The Bible says that he's counted the very number of hair, hair upon your head. And for some of you, that was a pretty quick count. <laughs> Do you realize that he, how much you matter? And you know what? It's, it's, it's that kind of love and, and that kind of hope and that kind of dreams. And God says it's for you if you want it. Uh, if you're a believer here today, what does God say to you? He wants to give you a life so incredible that it's greater than anything you could ask or dream of. And here's the question I have for all of us. Are we living it? Now, I'm not saying the easy life. Jesus warned us ahead of time. He says that the way is broad and the way is easy that leads to destruction. He says the way is narrow and difficult that leads to life. But God's calling for you to do a climb with him, an amazing moment with him where you experience life like you never have before. Sometimes difficult, but always exhilarating with the power and a strength that's beyond you or me so that you at time attain things and experience things and go, whoa. And God, as a father, looks at you and says, this is what I wanted for you. I know that as a dad. I know that as a grandfather. Just today, I swept my grandson up my arms. I'm looking him in the eye. I'm seeing how gorgeous and cute he is. I got to be honest, his looks don't come from uh, my side of the family. But, uh, but the guy, he's just so cool. 
And you know, I look for every time he has a new tooth. I look at the way his hair is growing. I look that he's just about to stand and walk. I, as a matter of fact, I know right now he could walk. He doesn't know he could walk. I know he could. And if he could, life could be incredible for his, his grandmother and I, for his parents, it'll be hectic. But you know, and I look for the, and I have dreams and hopes and plans. And you don't, he doesn't have any idea how much we talk about him. Now, here's what I want to go. This, I'm serious. This is how God feels about you. You probably have no idea how much he thinks of you, how much he wants for you. And you might say, well, Chuck, you know, this just sounds like, you know, one of those kind of feel good. Well, no, it's the truth. Here's what it says in Jeremiah 33, 3, which is our theme verse for this church for this year. Call to me and I will answer you. Now, did you notice in James it said, you have not because you ask not. God says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you or show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God says, if you would just call out to me, you would just live your life with me. I'm going to share things with you. I'm going to show you things. And that's for everybody here. So here's where I'm going. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you're going, oh, I love that verse. I just wish it were true. It's true. And I want to ask you, why are you not living it? Because you can. He wants you to. It's really for you. You know what? You might say, well, what would stop it? Well, there's the willingness. The willingness to get rid of sin. The willingness to get rid of sin. Now, now, that's what I I don't want to be judgmental, but I'm afraid that's what Freddie Mercury didn't do. He wanted to hang on to a lifestyle that God said wasn't healthy or good, and, and yet he wanted to have happiness in the midst of it. And here's what gets so sad. Every day of his life, as it started coming to an end, the stories we hear is it was heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak after and And then he dies wanting somebody to love him. And, and you know what's so sad is God said, I've got people to love you and I love you. And if you would just go a different direction, don't you understand all this you're investing and it's killing you. And by the way, it killed him. And God, God didn't want that. In Isaiah 59, verse 1, it says, Behold, the arm of the Lord is not so short that it cannot save, nor is ear deaf that he cannot hear. He said, but your sins have made a separation between you and the Lord. And God looks at that and says, just why are you letting this happen? In other words, come and leave those things behind. Come and live with me. And the question is, are you willing? The next question is this one. Are you wanting it? Not only are you willing, do you really want it? Do you want this amazing life? Are you ready to throw yourself into it? Because God's desire is for you to have it. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. He wants you to believe that he wants to give it to you. Uh, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So you got you to believe in him. And then you got to believe that he wants to reward you. And so if you're here right now and you go, oh, Chuck, you know, I thought that when I was in college, but now life has happened. And I just feel like, you know, at least I made it and I love God, but I'm just going to get by. And the Lord looks and says, no. I still want to reward you. I still want to bless you. You may not know how he's going to do it, but I can promise you it's his desire to do it. In Psalm chapter 20, verse four, it says, may he grant you your heart's desire. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill your purpose. You have a purpose and you have heart's desires and God wants to meet you in that both. Call to him and he'll answer. Trust in him and believe. And I want to tell you, if you're part of our church family, here's my challenge on Mother's Day. Start praying and believing in big dreams and amazing things. 
Now, I'm not talking materialism. I'm talking something better and greater than that. And the more you start calling out to God and believing him and being willing to take the risk, the more you're going to start experiencing. This is for you. And if you sit and go, oh, I'm so happy for them and happy for them. By the way, we should be. I'm not asking you not to be happy for others. I'm saying this. Be happy for them, but start saying, and God, may you grant me my heart's desire. May you start blessing it and start praying over it and believing it and trusting him for it and seeking it, knowing that he might have to take you through some adventures, which we call trials and tribulations to get you there. But start believing and holding on to him and get ready for what he's about to do. Now, if you're here today and and you're someone who's fallen away from the Lord. At one time you used to live like this. You know what Jesus says to you? He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. That, by the way, was written to Christians. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you would open up, I would come into you and I would dine with you. And the word dine there is the word for the evening meal. No TV back then, no distractions back then. It's let's just sit together and share together and and talk about life together and be intimate together. And who is he saying that to? He's saying that to Christians who, for some reason, have kind of pushed him out. And the Lord says, I want to have this back. I, I want this with you. And today you might say, well, you know, at one time I used to believe, but I let it go. And it's been a long time. Well, he's just been waiting a long time. He wants you. And there's some of you here today, to be honest, you may never have said yes to God. There might be a few of you in here going, I'm not even sure if I believe in God. Well, let me tell you something. He believes in you. Did you know that he believes in you? And he has life for you. He wants you. And if you haven't caught it, he desires you. And and what you just need to do is open up to. And you might say, well, how do I do that? The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord. You know, it's call and I will answer you. Call on my name. Come to me. Open up to me. That's what he says. And I'm going to come and fill your heart with life and love. I am going to forgive you and cleanse you of all your sins. I'm going to make you new inside like you never were before. I'm going to empower you like you can't believe. And if you're sitting here today going, well, I don't really deserve it. I need to earn it. No, you've missed the point. You can't earn it. You just need to be like those little chicks that ran to the mother chick and let that, that mother protect you. Just and, and give, give his life for you. And by the way, if you haven't caught it, that's what the cross is about. Jesus gave his life so you could have life. He gave his love so you could have love. He gave himself so you could have freedom and forgiveness and be that brand new, amazing person you were always meant to be. He wants it for you. He wants it for you. And what do you need to do? You need to call on him. You need to pray a prayer and say, I want to give my life to you. I love you. I care about you. If you're here today and you need to come back to him, you need to say that same thing. Lord, I open up my life again to you. Come back in. Take back over. I want you. And and that's God's great desire for you to do that. Matter of fact, we want it so badly. We're going to go to a time right now, a prayer. And we're going to have a time in the middle of the prayer time where if anybody here wants to pray the prayer to say yes to God, I'm going to give you a chance to do it. I'm going to ask you right where you're sitting to whisper a prayer to him. And and I'll lead you in it. It's kind of a pledge of your life to him. It's a calling out to him. It's a saying, come in to him. And we'll just pray that together. But here's the question. Do you want that? Are you willing? Are you willing to receive this life? Are you willing to live in this new life? Are you willing to take his yoke, which is the idea of him putting something on you and guiding you so that now life, there's still difficulty, but it's not so hard. It's gentle, it's moved, it's guided, it's meaningful. God has that for you. Are you ready to take the steps to start having that heart's desire fulfilled? If so, I want to ask you to pray the prayer with me. Are you willing? 
And I hope today that God's not going to cry tears of sadness over you because you say no. I hope today it's tears of joy because you say yes. I really do. And I know he does too. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would move in this room. Lord, I, I feel like I ought to say the phrase quick in our hearts. All of our hearts to open up to you and to start believing in you for the amazing things you want us to experience and in the lives you want us to live, the, the destiny you want us to fulfill. And I pray, Lord, there's not a person in here today who would not be not only wanting this, but craving it, desiring it, coming to you for it. Believing in you, God, the great rewarder, the giver of only good gifts. God, today, I pray there, there's not a man or woman or a guy and a girl in this room who doesn't know that you love them. And that you, Lord, want life for them. And you want experiences for them. And you want something amazing. And I pray all those who are your children today would just trust you. And now start praying big prayers. And Father, I want to pray and ask that your Holy Spirit move in a very special way now. Lord, please touch anybody here today who needs to either come to you or recommit their life to you. Father, I pray for the person who's sitting here and they're hurting. Today started out as a sad day. But Lord, you want to make it a glad day. Because they're about to meet you and experience your love. Father, I pray for the person who's sitting here today and they prayed prayers before and they think, well, what good did it do? And this message, Lord, was for them. Now they can be willing. Now they can come. Now it's going to be incredible. I pray for the person that needs to leave some things behind. Some hurt and some pain. Some things that are controlling them. God, I pray you would stir in touch and they would know that they actually could have freedom. And while it may still be a, a little bit of a journey, they can have you and your power and your help and others walk with them. And today could be an amazing beginning. I pray, God, for the person right now who's feeling like a failure. But you see them as successful and you see what they're going to do. And God, I pray they want this. And I even think right now there's someone sitting here and something's starting to stir and they're beginning to realize it's there. And God, I pray they would just literally open up completely to it. Dare to believe. So God, anybody today who needs to come to you or come back, please touch them and call them. I'm going to ask that we keep praying. And if you're right with God, would you pray for anybody who needs to make this decision? And I'm going to lead that prayer right now. And I hope, I really do hope you'll pray it with me. I hope right now that if you aren't very close with the Lord, you're not experiencing his love, that you would pray it and open up to him. He loves you. He wants you. So right now, if you want this too, just pray these words. Whisper it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins and my failures. To heal me of my hurts and my pains. To free me from my fears and my worries. To make me alive. To make me brand new. To make me yours. And I say yes. I want this. And I want you. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love. And fill me with your spirit. And help me be. Who you created me to be. And to live. 
the life you have for me to live. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Praise God if you prayed that prayer.